Welcome to episode 140 of Sports Clicks and Politics. I am Sean Hannon, joined as always by the charming and handsome Mr. Ben Hughesong. One year older, Mr. Hughesong. I am. As of yesterday. Falling apart at the seams yet? I mean, I've been falling apart at the seams since about 19, <laughs> but yeah, no worse. Like, it's just about the same as, as I was at 19, I think. Okay, well, very good. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, I always I decided I stopped aging a long time ago. So see, there you go. I be, you grow older, but you don't have to get more mature. That's no, sort of my attitude for sure. So well, happy birthday again to Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate so, it. Yeah. So, um, your weekend I'm sure was full. <laughs> I already know about it. We're gonna we'll Just skip that for a second. I, I might have some things for you later, but right. um, uh, before we get into the crazy set of topics, I have a little bit of like a rapid fire for you at the beginning that I didn't really tell you about. So. Oh, God, help me. They're not, they're not terrible. Don't worry. But if you could help out the show by please liking the video, sharing the video with your friends and family, subscribing to the channel, leaving us a five-star rate and review wherever you are listening to your podcast version. It is all very helpful fighting the algorithm overlords that, uh, you know, Do which is why we're at Rumble here. Right? You know, we've been banned from YouTube. I haven't even tried to post a YouTube for a couple weeks since we got our last Another video. ban, yeah. Well, blame, yeah. episode one thirty eight, the Pfizer placebo mystery episode got taken down by YouTube because we're bad people. I mean, we hate grandmas. How dare we not just blindly regurgitate that pharmaceutical companies are great, have your best interest in mind at all times, and would absolutely sacrifice massive profits if it meant saving one life? And we really only touched on the placebo part of it. Not thinking that I thought that was like safe, you know, topic discussion to go into on YouTube at all. But like the probably the more controversial was the one in 10 adverse events in the blue batch. And we didn't even really, I mean, we talked about it, but maybe that is why they banned us. I don't know. Eh, eh well, YouTube F off. So, all right. So we did all the proverbial uh, 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 out of the housekeeping, got everybody uh, up to speed here. So, um, again, let me throw some. Uh, I don't know. I was going to do some sports. Brian Harmon, did you watch? I know you didn't watch any of the Open Championships. Well, I was wondering maybe only because because it was on like at 2 in the morning to 7, you know, like in the – maybe you would just stay up all day. And, yeah. And no. <laughs> no, I was not. I was I was plenty – I was plenty exhausted so, at the end of everything. Do you know any of this? So uh, um, I think Brian Harmon has a girlfriend from Syracuse oh. or had. I don't – you know, I, maybe they're married. I don't know. If, but I feel like There's within the last few years – there was some kind of a Syracuse connection. So I always thought that was interesting that uh, possibly he was, uh, if when he won, obviously it's just by far his biggest win, first major. He's old. I don't even know what it is. He was like plus 12,000 to win. So nice. hell of a long shot there. Did you take him in your fantasy? I did not. No, no. no. I probably should I, phrase that question better because outside of the context of right now, if you just looked at Ben Ash Sean, did you take him in your fantasy? That would sound like a very odd question. Brian Brian Harmon's a little man, too. Very petite. <laughs> We're about to go down a bad road here. We got to move on. Let's talk, let's talk about golf. Um, but anyway, so basically, not not like, uh, you know, wire to wire, but I think his second round, he played well. And then 
I think his third round, he basically started like bogey two of his first four holes, and I looked like he was going to fall back, and then he just kind of wrote it out, and he never was challenged on Sunday. It was a rain. You know, there was all of the elements that were there for him to fall back, and you could be like, okay, well, he just, you know, the weather got the best of him because it was raining the whole round. But, no, he just held under, actually gained on the field and uh, first major. So congratulations, uh, Brian Harmon. Happy for you, Brian. Yeah. Like I said, and like I said, I think he might be the oldest first time major winner or maybe of the open i can't remember now okay but anyway he's old you know all things considered and uh, again a very petite man sure and effing wrong-handed he's got a lot going against him i mean and he still got, that's why he did so well in the bad weather that's why he ended up with a girl from syracuse there you go <laughs> that's terrible why am i terrible <laughs> i don't think we have that much time on this no, and all the reasons that's you're true. terrible in other sports news uh, did you hear that the Camillus Wildcats uh, finished second in their big baseball tournament over the weekend in Niagara Falls? Uh, you know, on I the did. line we have Coach Husong. Coach Husong, would you like to fill us in on the uh, the excellent play of the Wildcats over the weekend? Uh, it started out a little rough, turned turned it around pretty good though, and started started hitting the ball and moving around. Great bunch of kids; they're all eleven and twelve years old. I get why people don't like love baseball. I grew up absolutely loving baseball, and now getting to coach my son's travel team at these tournaments is about like it's so wonderful. Watching these kids as they start to put it together and start to win, and then even in the championship game, which we did lose, it was against a team which I would say is objectively much better than our team. It's a our our travel program is a hey, it's probably going to cost you two hundred bucks to cover tournament costs and another two hundred bucks to cover your uniforms. That's it. Then you got to pay for your hotels when we go to town. These teams that we're going against, like the team we played in the championship game, is like $3,000 before you buy anything. And she's like, oh, all right, well, let's go get them. And so, like, we, we gave them a good game. We just we couldn't quite put it over the edge, and they got the better of us. But I was proud of the kids. It was a fun weekend. I'm exhausted still to this point because we got into Niagara Falls Thursday and have been there since. And we got home at, I think, 1130 last night because uh, the championship game went a little late. And... uh Twilight. It's a lot of baseball. It's, yeah. it's a well, lot of baseball in a very little time. Well, when, when you're good, you play a lot of baseball. When you're not good, you play less baseball. We're getting better. That's so, yeah, all well, I can ask good. for. Well, congratulations. Not the, perfect, uh, but it's progress. Yeah. We're getting there. Congratulations to the, uh, the Camillus I love Wildcats. that you put that in sports. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where would I put it? Clicks? Yeah, sure. Oh, a big shout out to my son who did win one of the MVPs of a game for one of the games. Nice. Congratulations. Despite his head coach voting against him, but we don't got to talk about that. Is that like a recusing uh, aspect yes. of voting? Yes, that's, Probably, what, that's fair. I asked the other and he coaches, still, and he's and they still won. So. And I said, and they said Connor, and I was like, "Come on!" And they went through the stats, like, like "All right, you know what? Fair, you're right." So, well, good job, Connor. Yeah, excellent. Well, until the till the next tournament, two weeks. All right. Other things. Did you hear Twitter is dead? I, I oh I did. I heard something. It's now this. X now x X x.com now uh is it because x is gonna give it to you uh i'm too old to get the reference dmx oh come on man. i mean i've heard of him oh god help me yeah i need you i'm that guy (laughs) all right anyways (laughs) twitter is now x as the little blue bird disappears so uh this was known about ahead of time elon warned us about it that uh he was going to change the logo and uh, now x.com forwards to twitter.com so uh it still says twitter on my phone so mine too so it's still twitter to me i don't know what to make of that it says x on my 
laptop, but um, not on my phone yet, so I don't know. Friend of the show, Ben Davidson, tweeted out, not going to lie, I missed the bird already. It's like <laughs> he knows what's coming. So I came across this uh, video of uh, Elon talking about what he what x.com could be back in the day i have that too if you want to listen to that one let's get into it okay this is this is a recent one okay um so i'm gonna play around with the audio buttons here and hopefully the folks at home can uh give me some patience to do so but so this is elon this is uh this was shared on twitter july 23rd 2023 i'm not 100 percent sure when the when the actual video but i feel like this is when i listened to it it seemed very recent so let me get this going Essentially, if, if if done right, the X would be would would serve people's financial needs to such a degree that over time it would become I don't know maybe half of the global financial system. Wow! Or some big number. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what the number is, but pretty big. Um, so it, it would be by far the biggest sort of financial institution. But but like I said, not not really in the way that people are used to thinking about. Uh, banks mm-hmm. just um just the most efficient database for the thing that is money um like i said like you know, least amount of fraud uh, everything's real time um and if it involves money in any way it can be dealt with seamlessly on one one lo- location it, it- so again that's kind of like a smaller recap of that older version that that you're referencing there. Um, but anyway, th- you know, this goes back to things that we had talked about here on the show before where, you know, right after Elon took over Twitter, he filed to be like a payment processor, like the, whatever the FNIC or whatever uh, application, I don't even know what it is, sure. but I remember he tried to, ba- he, he immediately applied for basically allowing for financial transactions to, to happen on the platform. So I, he, he hasn't been like secretive of this. He's, basically been out in front and saying he's going to make the x.com you know the x app is going to be the everything app and he's going to use what is it wechat in china as like kind of like a a, a a working model and try to incorporate a bunch of things and he's talking about having the half of the financial market work through x.com which is crazy in the world but um today is the beginning of that i guess i don't know like or some, the next chapter in that i guess it appear it would appear so yeah I was, I don't know, do you really want me to play that old? Uh, no, you don't have to. It's okay, fine. I can't. I, it's probably here, but I don't really have it. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. I do too. I think um, it's, uh, you know, the, uh, it's the next step, I guess. So I think it's one of those, it makes me nervous to have that. And it wouldn't be like one bank owning 50%. It's not like a traditional banking model. It would just be a service through which you could process transactions that are currently done by banks. And therefore it could, um, absolve the need for large banks to exist in their current form which in case this is your first time listening to the show i am a big fan of anything that reduces the power and size of the major banks in our country at this point uh and of their influence so i'm on board uh you know i'm, I'm still approaching elon musk with that cautious yeah, optimism for sure. of like i mean yeah i don't want him you to say ha- all the right things but you like, give me do the I, do i really want him to have control of half of the economy right, so. no i don't i don't want anybody to I'm, i want decentralized but if he's gonna provide the platform for decentralized approach to finance i am at least willing to go along at this point but i reserve the right to change my yeah. mind and hashtag the- me too um 
typically our show is filled with bad news, I feel like. Here's some good news. Pfizer plant in North Carolina damaged by tornado. 50,000 pallets of medicine destroyed, Mr. Hughesong. Listen, I know they suck, but they do make some stuff that helps people Maybe. accidentally when they do Maybe. it. Uh, if you haven't heard, drug maker Pfizer said on Wednesday, it's plant in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Beautiful country. I've driven through there many times. Okay. Uh, kind of like upstate New York, but with better weather. Similar. It really okay. is. I like that. That's so, a good description. I could get up But anyway, so the pictures are pretty there. I don't know. Again, all jokes aside, nobody died, so I can make jokes about it. Yeah, it's fine. But never it's been on, never been on Team Tornado before. But not, here I, not often. Here I am. I believe it was the 2016 election when I was on Team Giant Meteor. Yeah, that seems fair. All right, let's get into some of the topics. that, that Those are my that little short things that I wanted to kind of bring everybody's attention to right. here. But now we're going to go right back into di- dystopian depravity here. Sam Bankman frieds team had plans to buy entire Pacific Island nation research genetically enhanced humans. What? <laughs> Let me read the headline from the unusual whales. FTX lobbyist, this is Gabe Bankman fried SBF's brother, tried to buy the Pacific Island of, I'm going to butcher this, this, Nauru. I think that looks right. To create a new super species of genetically enhanced human species. What could go wrong? This came out in a uh, squandering your money lawsuit, basically. So they were looking at buy. I think the uh, Nairu is the third smallest island, is first third smallest nation behind the Vatican and Monaco. Uh, Monaco is. I mean, it's small, but I think it's the second smallest. I read. Wow. So this is not like a. Tiny this is the third smallest. So what, what do you is think? Wrong with people. Weirdo rich billionaires seemingly trying to create. I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm guessing just by looking at the DNA profile of Sam Bankman free that they weren't using him as the base for their super species. Is that fair? <laughs> I want to be on a team. Gabe looks more presentable. Listen, I want to be put on a team that's designing a superhuman species, this superhuman species, just so I can ask questions that make people uncomfortable of like, all right, we're going to include this and this is like. What color are you going to make it? Yeah. Well, what shade. You know, this is basically just some perverted weird science movie sequel, right? Oh, yeah. They were definitely trying to make like <laughs> robot, you know what? Like, there's no doubt whatsoever. But I literally, I, like, I wouldn't be able to help myself of like, are they male? How big are you going to make it? What's the optimal size? What anything, if it gets in the way? Anything more than a mouthful or risking a sprained tongue. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see Weird Science? <laughs> That's the line. <laughs> I gotta watch that movie again. I haven't seen it in too yeah. long. All right, I'm sorry. Oh we, we've been God. terrible today. You are terrible today. Anyway, I figured this had to be part of the show. <laughs> it's got islands. It's got F- crypto. So it's, it's got. It's basically like what Jeffrey Epstein was trying to do at the ranch in Arizona, where like, yeah. but he Jeffrey Epstein, but he just had the backing of the his, Democrats. Jeffrey Epstein, and a lot of Republicans, hundred percent using his own DNA to try to do. Yeah, that. right. I'm, that's why I was saying I'm hoping SBF realized when he looked in the mirror, they're like, hey, I'm probably not the guy. I don't know, man. I've never done speed, but I bet you it could make you think some things about eh, yourself that aren't true. Probably just needed some tweaking. But I'm... Yeah. All right. Well played, sir. You do. All right. Well, I feel like I had to get that uh, story out of the uh, 
into the ether. So. I think I need to know more about what is in his mind was a superhuman race. Yeah, I didn't honestly. I didn't really read the whole articles. I knew I could have enough content by just reading the headlines. <laughs> I mean, listen, like if you're gonna do, like Sam Bankman Free wants to do it, everybody's like, oh come on, it didn't happen. Adolf Hitler did it. We had to go to war all over. I'm the just world. saying this God. didn't happen, so that's why obviously it's not really news. But I mean. Clearly, they had plans to do this. But hey, let's just go buy this island. It's in the South Pacific someplace. So, anyway, I just thought that was it. Here, let me let's touch on another nonsense. Somehow, all these stories are related. Of course, they are. They don't they don't really seem related when you think about them, but they're all related. So, this is the New York Times, and I have an archive version of here. So, this came out July seventeenth. So, actually, last this year of, of this year. Okay, a week ago, came out right after our show. I read it. So. A positive COVID milestone and a sign that pandemic really is over. A total number of Americans dying each day is no longer historically abnormal. New York Times, I mean, three years too late, but signaling that it's over. There's a couple nonsense things in here where it actually cites some things where it said there was 2,300 kids died. Not Not actually correct. The answer is really zero. Um, But the one thing that I did want to kind of draw down here's what's this little they had this broken down into convenient uh conspiracy theories for us <gasps> with verse from mr Hughesong. oh no new york in the times. new york times the based new york times now mind you if we could go back to like june of 2020 i'm pretty sure new york times ran an article that basically said you're positive covid test and i should have pulled up that article it's like are you did you test positive for covid maybe you're not and sick, whatever. And basically referring to this phenomenon right here that they're going to basically say out uh, in the open here for the first time, maybe ever. The official number is probably an exaggeration because it includes some people who had the virus when they died, even though it was not the underlying cause of death. What? Dun, dun, dun. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, this has been public knowledge for a long time. It's probably common knowledge amongst people who we, you know, like this is not breaking news at all for anyone who's been paying attention for any bit of time. Yet here we are, July 23rd, 2023 here, and New York Times is finally being like, it's probably not, it's probably a little higher number than it was. You know, we were scaring the crap out of everybody because... Out of an abundance of caution. Yeah, I mean... Almost one-third of the official recent COVID deaths have fallen into this category. So at least 33%-ish are not COVID deaths. So next time somebody cites COVID deaths, I don't know, maybe you should ask the with or, with or from. I used to ask that on Twitter of the county executive, but he didn't never responded. That's so weird. I know, well. I mean, Another friend of the show, and he yeah, just wouldn't respond. Former guest, yeah, I can't believe it. Former guest of the show. Um, weird. Yeah, I think that the the idea that people are still fighting that and how angry people get when you would still point it out when they're trying to say, like, uh, COVID killed X amount of people and you like, with COVID or of COVID. Oh, shut up. Like, oh, that's way to go. Uh, because there is no argument because it's so clearly false that it's just your only argument is to roll your eyes and tell me to shut up because you have no credible argument to come back with because the data is so irrefutably true that anytime you want to get into it, just... You know, give me a call. I'll be your Huckleberry. Let's go. We'll walk down this aisle together, and I'll show you exactly why it's false. And I, again, I'm not that smart of a human being. It's it's not overly complicated. Like, once you look at the numbers for five minutes, you go, 
Well, yeah. that can't be true. And, and this refers to the thing, you know, that I literally was using for months and months was quote unquote cases, right? So like everything was, we have so-and-so number of new cases and, you know, aside from the deaths, these are all the same distortion of the data. It is people who went in with broken leg by mandate, they were tested for COVID and like, oh yeah, you're positive through a PCR with a cycle threshold of whatever. And now you have to quarantine and you miss work for 10 days because, well, probably more than 10 days if you broke your leg, but in Syria, maybe if you had a hangnail or something and now you have COVID, now you're missing work. So the whole, the system was such bro, was so broken and so notice. If you wanted to look and see, you could see that the system was broken early on and knew that what we were being fed was a bunch of BS. And like I said, it's great that the New York times three years later comes out and be like, Oh yeah, well, you know, those numbers, we distorted them a little bit. Always in the wrong way though. You know, just trying to scare the crap out of everybody. I was like, when they're like, but with what we now know is if we didn't know this two, two or three years ago, like it was not obvious then we just, we had no way of knowing. Yeah, no, well, people, right, cool. people knew. So anyway, so thanks New York times. Welcome to the party, buddy. All right. Another follow-up here. See how these are all related. S- SBF Island. Uh-huh. New York Times COVID. Sure. Now we're going to deal with Hunter Biden's BFF, Devin Archer, going to testify at the House Committee of uh, whatever. Uh, I don't know if it's Weaponization Committee or some other oversight committee. But as Mr. Archer says, he's going to testify out of his own civic duty. So I'm excited that that might be actually the case because I don't think they're BFFs anymore. They are not BFFs anymore from yeah. uh, from all accounts. So let me read the headline here. Hunter Biden put the VP dad Joe on the phone with business associates at least two dozen times, ex-partner Devin Archer, to testify. So um, apparently Hunter Biden had this uh, not only propensity to video tell, video record himself doing everything, and from all good and bad parts of his life, uh, he used to have his phone ready with his dad's number apparently preloaded into it, or, you know, that's my exaggeration, but I'm sure it was on a pre-dial. Anyway, he used to pull out his phone and just call his dad right in the middle of meetings and have a sh- brief conversation with him. Whether or not Joe actually knew he was in a meeting with Hunter probably could be argued. I would not, not going to dismiss that Hunter could just be like, boasting at some meeting and be like, yeah, my dad answers my phone every single time I called, no matter what. And then just did it. And then it's like, Hey dad, thanks. Whatever. And then just hung up. Right. So like, I could see him just doing stupid shit like that for sure. But apparently he was doing it in front of business there and having his dad basically know that he was, uh, uh, conversing with his hunter during these meetings. So again, to go to the, uh, Joe Biden's assertion that he had no knowledge of, uh, Hunter's business dealings. I mean, I think we're long past that, uh, assertion, but um, excited for Devin Archer's testimony. I am not. I mean, I don't know. Te- tempered expectations. Yes, I think that Devin Archer also has some skeletons in his own closet that he's probably going to want to stay away from after all these business dealings with the Biden family. And I mean, he's only facing his uh, jail for sixty million dollar bond fraud. Ooh, Devin Archer, awesome. Yeah. Um, and listen, the, the reality is these people are terrible human beings, all of them. So good. I hope he does like turn on everybody and just go scorched earth the same way I hope everybody does because 
I like at some point you've sold your soul. Like you, whatever the price is, you've sold it out. You've decided you don't want to be truthful about it. The idea that the Bidens are in any shape, way, or form clean has to be the most laughably naive point of view you could ever take. Of it's, I, I don't have a better analogy. I, I don't. I don't know how to say this in any other terms. It's just. It's like wanting to believe in something no matter what the evidence mounts. Like no matter how much evidence is presented over and over and over and over, these people just cannot accept the fact that, oh, the adults are back in the White House and yada, yada, yada. Like this guy's awful. His whole family's awful. Like you don't get this rich in public service without being corrupt. This is not rocket science. It's just simple fact. I feel bad for Bo still. I, I don't know if I should or shouldn't feel bad. Like I, he might have been a wonderful human being. I don't know. Oh no, I feel that's what I'm saying. I think like he probably was of all the of all the Bidens. Maybe. No, really Ashley I Biden, really I feel bad for. I know that. Yeah. I mean, my Yikes. God. How old was she with that journal? Uh, too young. Like twelve ish, right? Inappropriate. Inappropriate, Inappropriate showers age. with dad. Yeah. I have a twelve year old daughter right now. I can tell you what I'm not doing with her. <laughs> All right, like, I, I can't think of a single reason that that would be... No. I can't think of an appropriate shower at this point. No. All right, like, I like no. wow. Not when she realizes that it's inappropriate. Okay, that you, it's, an, it's when you're old enough to <laughs> recognize that there is inappropriateness, then, okay, it's inappropriate. Anyway, oh, yeah, yeah. and then again, just to uh, 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 drive home what I was saying earlier where I said, Archer refused to comment yesterday, but a close associate said he is testifying because he believes it is his civic duty. He has nothing to hide, no revenge to enact, nor anyone to protect other than his family, and he feels that he has been handcuffed by the absurd, bogus <coughs> fraud case uh, into remaining silent. So he asserts that this uh, bond fraud uh, thing is basically like our boy Gail Luft, a uh, distraction, <laughs> a distraction suit. But anyway, so it's weird how all these people, whistleblower-ish type people get. The DOJ coming after yeah. him pretty hard. That Gail Luft thing is still bothering me of like, you're going after him for stuff that happened in 2016. All of a sudden you've determined it was illegal and he needs to be the center point of a international manhunt. And then you look at the other side of everything they've let go and you, it's just, okay. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, well, anyway, we'll see how uh, how the uh, the House treats Mr. Uh, Mister Devin Archer. What was, uh, what was the other kid's, the, the other dude's name with, uh, who's John Kerry's son? Yeah, his stepson. Yeah, when's he testifying? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what was that right, kid's name? Sorry. I can't remember. I forgot. Heinz? It should be. That was, I mean, either way. <laughs> Doesn't matter. But yes. So anyway, we'll see if Devin Archer's uh, civic duty is uh, uh, put to the test here. So excited for it. All right. Let's talk a little bit of 2024 a little bit. Let's talk on the Dem side. We talked a bunch of on the, uh, I mean, other than Biden and RFK, I guess. But the Green Party has a candidate, Mr. Hughesong. Yeah, they do. Mr. Cornell West, academic uh, and political activist for sure, uh, started, or I guess was going to launch on what was called the people's party. I don't feel like they really have ballot access anywhere and they probably could gain it maybe on seven to 10 States because some of the States are really easy, but they probably couldn't get more than that. Cause sometimes you just need, like, you just can't do it all in one year. Um, 
But anyway, so he's latched on to the Green Party. Uh, they have not determined their nominee yet, but the knives are out already. The Jill Stein comparisons, the uh, spoiler alerts. Um, I still love that the Hillary Clinton people blame Jill Stein for the 2016 election and not the fact that your candidate never visited the state of Wisconsin once. Technicalities. Not one time. She's allergic to cheese. She's lactose intolerant. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Cornell West, who takes the probably strongest uh, anti-Ukraine position of all the... He actually wants to get the hell out of NATO, which, you know, hallelujah, amen to Cornell West. So, I only poll I found, 3%, which is more than what Jill Stein was getting, so I'm not expecting him to get 3%. It's a, that's a kind of a lofty third-party number at 3%. Even 1% is kind of a lofty uh, one part. But if that percent or those percents are Biden's base, as i.e. black voters, and uh, he could present a real problem for a Joe Biden nomination in the uh, 2024 election. Well, I mean, it's July of 2023 right mm -hmm. now, and they're already coming after this guy, yeah. so they are nervous, yeah. clearly. Yeah, and like I said, he's they can't dismiss him because he's been on all the shows already. I mean, they eventually will, like Grant Greenwald, like these people, like the Aaron Mates of the world, they were the darlings, you know, during the right times yes. where they can come on and, you know, drive home the same point that the establishment wants driven home to some degree. So, but they're not going to, they can't just dismiss him and turn him into a nobody in, in a year. So, um, interesting little tidbit for 2024. We, uh, at least should have at least three candidates. It sounds like, uh, we haven't really talked about, but no labels is also seemingly trying to get a, uh, no labels is really just, you know, deep state party apparatus. It, it means nothing. Um, it's like the Joe Scarborough party. It's like terribleness, but anyway, God. so yeah, no labels, they, but they, they seem to have a bunch of money, so maybe they can uh, acquire ballot access. It requires some money, and again, it requires manual labor, right? You have to go out and collect signatures to get on the ballot. So it's not just a, they, they don't just decide that they're on the ballot. Each state sure. has a set of criteria that they need to uh, accomplish to get on the ballot. So, But the Green Party probably will be in the, in the 40s as far as states. So in theory, he should have enough states where he could win enough electors to win the presidency and definitely enough states that matter to uh hurt a democrat uh party candidate no matter who it is so uh specifically joe biden who relies heavily on the african-american vote and which i'm assuming is going to be cornell west wheelhouse so i don't know interesting any cornell cornell west takes at all or uh i mean i'm always the more the merrier guy so like i mean the more the more ideas the better yeah i am a uh I am at this point in my life more than anything else sort of an anti-establishment and this current system is broken. So maybe not anti-establishment, maybe just anti-duopoly, I don't know, anti-current political system. So anything that can come in and disrupt this system, I'm on, I'm here for it. I'm on board. Let's go. I hope Cornell West runs. I hope um, Robert Kennedy runs on a third party. I hope Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis both run on different party lines. I, listen, the more the merrier. Like, bring everybody in and, and actually, like, let's eliminate the stranglehold that the Democrats and Republicans have on the political process because they are ultimately two sides of the same coin. They are both terrible. They are both corrupt. They are both self-dealing. 
and yet somehow they have encouraged and persuaded all of us regular folks who neither profit nor I, I shouldn't say nor suffer who do nothing but suffer under this system unnecessarily and i know it's worse in other countries i'm not saying america is terrible compared to everywhere else america is terrible compared to what it should and could be right that's my that is my fundamental frustration with this current system as it's operating is that we were never intended to be a top-down nationalistic society with the president having this much power that's not the way it's supposed to run so anything that reduces the stranglehold these two parties have over our political process i will support unequivocally yeah i'm i'm team chaos almost always so i mean it's at this point i don't even know if it's chaos it's just this system is making people suffer in ways they don't understand and then they're told that it's actually the best thing in the world for them with no knowledge of hey this should be so much better there's no way that our elected officials should be serving for 60 years and becoming multi-decamillionaires like that's not how this system should be working it means it's not working there's no way that every time the government declares war on something we should get more of it there's no way that the government should be spending a trillion dollars on foreign aid to other countries when our own country is in such a mess. They shouldn't have that much money. They don't need that much money. That Sorry, not to operate. Not if you're having just a let the states run however they want to run and the government just oversees the six enumerated powers that they are supposed to be responsible for. Works kind of well. But now we live in the age of the president is essentially the king of the world and does whatever he or she wants. And everybody else is subject to the will as we just go and bomb places and declare wars on abstract things like drugs or terror or homelessness. And then, you know, shockingly enough, every time we do it, more drugs, more terror, more homelessness. The government Weird. cannot fix the problem because the government is the problem. And specifically, politicians are the problem. If I ask you, like, what do you think of the average politician? Every single person would be like, oh, my God, so utterly corrupt and terrible and whatever else. But like, so why do we trust them suddenly when they're no longer running for office, but they're in office? Why is it now like, oh, I mean, hey, listen, I know uh, I know Mitch McConnell's pretty bad, but at least he's not Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, he's probably worse. I don't know. Like, they're they're terrible. They're both terrible people. That's not. We don't have to support them. It's a false dichotomy that we get shoved down our throat all the time. So, Cornell West, I hope you get 15% of the vote. Genuinely, I do. That'd be chaos. That'd be awesome. I hope Ron DeSantis somehow wins the Republican nominee. Donald Trump runs anyway. Cornell West teams up with Robert Kennedy on the, on the Green Party, and then Joe Biden gets the nominee. Let's get a little chaos in this election so people oh. stop looking to all these people as if they have the answers when they don't. Okay. Speaking of guys who have all the answers, did you catch uh, the former president, Donald J. Trump, uh, being interviewed with uh, Maria Bartiroma? Just highlights. I didn't watch the whole. So, I can't listen to an entire interview with that guy. No. This is two minutes and eight seconds, but I, this is... This is... <laughs> even that. In the exact wheelhouse of what we always critique him about. Okay. And she does the same thing, basically saying, hey, you didn't drain the swamp, right? Like... Why did you hire? She basically says, "Why did you put these people in position?" So let's listen to okay. Donald Trump's because he's actually getting pushed back on the exact thing that I think we would push back on. Right? I agree. Right. I mean, that's where I would start. If All you, right, I'll give him if, two and a half. Minutes. If you had DJT right here, yeah, right here, you would like John Bolton, really? Right? <laughs> like, I mean, that would be the first question, right? Uh, John Bolton, Bill Anthony Barr, Fauci, really? You, right, right. Anthony Fauci with a Medal of Freedom. Right. So this is as close as we've gotten to that. Okay. So this is why I bring it up. 
So without further ado, we're going to play a little of the uh, former president here. So if I'm good enough. Thing that you could look back on yeah. in 16 that you think maybe you want to do differently this time around? Well, the mistakes would be that a lot of people, for instance, say you should have been softer. This, But I was under siege by people that were very dishonest. I, if I was soft, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Believe me, I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been able to finish out one of the most successful terms as president to a point where it was so successful that I'm leading by 50 points right now. You know, I mean, that wouldn't have happened. Uh, the, the mistake would be people. I mean, I wouldn't have put a guy like Bill Barr in. He was weak and pathetic. I wouldn't have put uh, Jeff Sessions in. Uh, there are some people that I wouldn't have put in. You know, most people were good. But I had some people. Uh, we had uh, Esper. I didn't like him. He was incompetent, I thought. We had other people I didn't like. Why did you put them in the job, then? Uh, because every, look, every president, you put somebody in, you think they're good. But one thing that has happened, and I find it very interesting, and this is the way life goes, I put people in, I was there 17 times in Washington, D.C., in my whole life, <laughs> okay? I never stayed overnight. The press actually reported 17. I don't know if it's right, but it's probably pretty right. <laughs> uh, I never stayed overnight, ever. And then, all of a sudden, I'm the president of the United States, and it's like a different society. I was New York, and, you know, it was a different thing. So I didn't know people. I became president. I'm riding down Pennsylvania Avenue with our first lady. I had 250 motorcycles. I had armies. I had everything. I said, do you believe it? We're president. Take a look. This is wild, right? But I never was involved in that. And So you didn't know what to expect? No, no. I well, I didn't know the people. I know the people now better than anybody's ever known the people. I know the good ones, the bad ones, the dumb ones, the smart mm -hmm. ones. I well, think you, you the didn't drain one, the swamp like you said you would. You didn't drain the swamp. I did. I fired Comey. I fired a lot of people. A lot of the people I had, I fired. I, I fired Comey very early. And, you know, there was a question as to whether or not you could. But I fired Comey. If I didn't fire Comey, I don't think I would have been able to serve out my term. All right. So, Anyway, I'll get your thoughts first. So similar questions, I think, that we would ask, right? I mean, at least down that line, what would you have said back to the, uh, I don't know, the bad hires, uh, I didn't know people thing? I mean, listen, I, I will say as a, as a little bit of context, if in fact the numbers are true and I'm guessing some very, you know, something close to the, you know, he wasn't a Washington, D.C. guy, it's probably true. Um, and I think that could, you know, and maybe did catastrophically affect your personnel decisions by not knowing who to go after. But um, I don't know. What did you think of his response to the, the Bartiromo questions? I think it's subject to a follow-up of who else? Because if you're going to drain the swamp, one guy, and you replace James Comey with Christopher Ray, Right. Was that better? No. No, it's one, one swamp I mean, maybe, for another. but really not. I mean, I get it was better for him because with Chris Ray, he got to serve out his term, and with James Comey, he probably wouldn't have. But how about for the rest of us? Is there any difference? Like, it's Christopher Ray that's going after all these January 6th people. It's Christopher Ray that had people and FBI agents literally infiltrating the entirety of these protests on January 6th. The Fed napping of Governor Whitmer. Like, all of these things happened. Like, how is this any better? I just don't understand. Like you, you don't don't claim that you did something. You didn't do it. You you probably fired two or three people out of a hundred that should have been fired. So we actually said the word mistakes in there, right? Well, that's Which a you know, like step. right. <laughs> and in the same 
context, he was using Bill Barr as an example of a mistake. So, you know, kudos to that for recognizing that after mm-hmm. the fact. Um, it's the first time that I've, you know, he's trashed Bill Barr in public, but never really put it in a context of his mistake, right? Like, where that's basically been my major critique of him. I think if he just right. said, I had no idea how bad the problem really was right. when I got there and I got misled by some people who I trusted at the time and who I now I don't trust anybody. And, you know, my eyes are open. You know, my eyes have been opened to what the problem is and there is nobody better situated to attack the problem than me. He would just be the nominee, I think. Yeah. He just can't bring himself to acknowledge that in that ad- admission is an admission of, you know, error, right? So, I don't know. I will say he's dominating the polls to this day. DeSantis has fallen since his announcement. I had thought there was going to be, a you know, a little bit of a bump. There was nothing. He has fallen since then. The only people who've gotten bumps that are measurable are Ramaswamy and, and Scott, unless you want to count Nikki Haley in South Carolina, but she's kind of like her, her bump was when she announced and she's been falling back since. Um, I think Nikki Haley is going to make a good VP choice for somebody at this point. I don't think she has the name recognition or the popularity to carry the ticket right now. Yeah, I think she's no. too far down the bench and there's too many, there's nothing about her that stands out. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't think she's like, I don't think Trump picks her as a vice presidential candidate. So like really the only, I guess if, DeSantis somehow caught steam or whatever. I could see that ish. I kind of doubt it would be DeSantis because she doesn't bring anything to the table for DeSantis. Yeah, that's what I think so. Either, so. Uh, Vivek, Vivek, uh, Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. Yeah, I could see him picking her because she's he's like an outsider. But, yeah, he's more of he an outsider. No, and she, but he has no, I mean, to your point, I was going to say she, he has no foreign policy experience and that's her forte right. would be that because but of I mean, like, So I don't so. think that, I don't see that happening, but. You know she's she's a player. She's she's there. But if um, we just do the if we just do the polling in the first early states, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and Nevada, Trump, Iowa, forty four point eight to DeSantis, seventeen point six. He's up twenty seven point two points. New Hampshire, Trump, forty one point two. DeSantis, sixteen point seven, up twenty four point five. South Carolina, Trump, forty five percent. DeSantis, fifteen point three percent, up. 29.7%. Nevada, Trump, 52%. DeSantis, 21.7%, up 30.3%. I mean, it'll be over if those results hold true in the early primary states. It'll be, it'll, I mean. Listen, it's probably already over. It's over unless he's out of the race. Right. That's what I mean. Like, the guy got indicted his poll yeah. numbers went yeah. up, which this is where, I mean, people want to be like, oh, my God, the GOP has lost its mind. And I just want to remind everybody, like, pause. All right. The Democrats literally elected an 80-year-old dementia patient with a history of self-dealing and bribery and the most corrupt family in the history of U.S. politics, which is saying something, in office, all to avoid having Donald Trump. So maybe it's not the GOP that alone has gone crazy. It's not as simple as that dichotomy. It is that, I think, the I don't want to say a majority, a not insignificant portion of our population is awakening to the notion and to the reality that this system is broken, that this is so irretrievably and irredeemably corrupted that it cannot sustain. 
we cannot engage in this governance the way that we have been without falling into tyranny. It is not possible to pull back at this point. So it needs to be drastic action if you're going to change it. You need, I don't know if everybody's like as far along on this as I am right now, but here's where I'm at. You need to reduce the size of the federal government by at least 60%. It is simply too large. They do too many things that they are terrible at. You need to start shrinking the defense budget. You need to shrink the intelligence agencies, if not in the immortal words of JFK, break them up into a million pieces and scatter them into the wind. Actually, I think he said shatter them into a million pieces. Because there are things happening that you are not okay with. You don't want to ask questions, and I get it. I don't really either because I'm terrified of the answers every time I dig a little bit deeper into how corrupt these things actually are. But we need to go back. We, we, have, we are no longer a republic. We are an empire. And that was exactly what the people who founded this country warned us against, was not doing that, was not repeating the, the mistakes of ancient Rome was not going down that road because it's completely unavoidable that it will collapse. Collapse becomes the inevitable end of an empire because you just can't sustain it for that long. We need to get back into a more decentralized approach to governance where we get more involved at state and local level and the national power has less. Where the president can come in and it's a big deal because he's a figurehead, but he can't come in and order around a governor or a mayor on what they need to do. Or lock down the country. And they can't do that. And right now they have the power because they have the power of the person. They have too much money. We need to reduce how much money the federal government brings in. We need to eliminate income tax altogether because it's bullshit that we have it in the first place. Sorry, but it is. And if you reduce the size of the government by about 70%, you wouldn't need an income tax. And that's where I think most people are starting to understand, wait a minute, you want me to vote for you because you're going to do all this, but you've been telling me you're going to do all this for 15, 20, 30 years, and my life is no different when you're in office versus the other guy. My personal life is no different. I, It's just not. I, I don't care if it was George, well, George W. Bush had a sort of profound impact on my life just, well, you know, with being in the Army. Right. But outside of that, whether it was Barack Obama, whether it was Donald Trump, whether it's Joe Biden, my personal life is, is still roughly the same. My issue comes in at you guys are taking so much money from everybody to go and give a billion dollars to Ukraine, to give $850 billion to Germany, to go give all of this money all over, to give $10 billion a year to Lockheed Martin, because God forbid they have to do something else. Um, and I think that's how you get Donald Trump. That's how you get these counterculture caricatures of politicians that people are so fed up and it's a you know what you're not better you're i don't care if you're an elite I, you're you're a human being just like i am and i as an american citizen have the right to look you in the eye and tell you fuck you and you can't do a thing about it you could be insulted you could be mad but i'm not beneath you and the idea that you keep treating me like I am beneath you is why I am so pissed off and I'm about to put Donald Trump in charge of this country. Like, that is the feeling right now amongst a lot of people. So, I get it. Can't say I support it, but I understand it. And my attitude is, Donald Trump ain't gonna fix it. I want the system to come down. The not the economic system, not people's jobs. I want the current political system to come down. Because it is broken. And it is screwing over the average person yeah and like you know just to wrap up the 2024 talk 
new Harvard Harris poll conducted, uh, what was this released? Uh, July 19th and 20th. Trump, this is overall general election uh, 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 poll, Harvard Harris. Trump, 45%. Biden, 40%. Up five points. Independence, which is, you know, where typical presidential elections are buttered. Trump, 45%. Biden, 27, 27%. It's amazing. Up 18 points. So, to me, if he stays in the race, he's the president in 2024. He's taking office in January of 2025. There is a part of me that's genuinely excited for that. Like, I still hate it, but there's a part of me that's like, I want to see what pissed off so, Trump looks like in office. Yeah. No. Amen to that. I'm just saying. The, I, that Pfizer facility will be no match for the tornado that Donald Trump would be if, in fact... If, in fact, he really is not just a controlled opposition, like, right. stooge, right? right? Like, that's always that possibility, too. But if he's coming in there like bull in a china shop on steroids, I'm here for that because that kind of leads to collapse, I feel like. So, I agree. Um, let's hope that that's a thing. Oh, my God. Just I in would... my lifetime. Does he have? I guess that, honestly, that same type of destruction could happen through an RFK presidency too, yes. in, through different paths. I mean, you know, maybe with better wording, <laughs> but um, maybe with better wording. That was actually, I'm sorry. Like it took me a minute to prompt. Oh. That was really funny. That was well put. <laughs> oh, I missed it. That I'm was sorry. well put. I owed you a better laugh than what I gave no, you on that one. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Again, we've talked about those guys like hypothetically teaming up, which would be craziness too. I don't think that could. I'll I don't tell think you what, that'll happen. But I promise you, if Donald Trump brings RFK on as like his VP, I'm voting for Donald Trump. Yeah, period. Right. I don't care if what party he's in. I don't care who else. He could take money from the bushes, and if he gets RFK as the vice president, oh my god, I would vote for that in a heartbeat. Yeah. All right. Make Cornell West the Secretary of the Interior. Let's really screw these people up. All right. So let's talk about RFK. So, um. The man of the... Wait, can I... Go ahead, yeah. Make Cornell West the defense secretary. Let's really get things going I started making a hypothetical, like, administration or whatever. I think he would be my attorney general, RFK. Okay. And then I would have... That didn't work out so well for his dad. No, but I would have... uh, I mean, I can't control that. Uh, Maybe a Tulsi Gabbard as uh, secretary of state. I can get on board. Yeah. Ish. I don't know. Got some things. Either way. Yeah, but anyway. So, RFK... Brought to uh, Washington, D.C. to testify before the subcommittee on censorship. I have three videos pulled up. Can't wait. Um, looks like one is two minutes. The long one is five minutes and 50 seconds that I'm going to start with. And then I have the Debbie Wasserman Schultz one uh, there. But this is what I feel like is at least the best recap of what we saw here. So... Um, and it happens to come from my boy Thomas Massey. So, uh, Congressman Massey from Kentucky, part of the uh, Weaponization Committee here. So, um, let's play the Thomas Massey bit here. And if I need to stop it, or if you want to stop it, let me know, and I'll try to stop it. No worries. And we can talk about it. But again, this is five minutes and fifty seconds. So, it changes subjects a couple times, I think. And but I think it's worth the listen. So let's let's listen. Generally, yields back. The gentleman from North Dakota is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and I'd like to yield my time to Representative Massey. I thank the gentleman from North Dakota. Wow, the irony and cognitive dissonance from the other side of the aisle. 
It's deafening. You could cut it with a knife. They are at the same time denying that censorship is occurring, but suggesting that there's more material that needs to be censored. This is a hearing on censorship that began with an effort, with a formal motion from the other side of the aisle to censor Mr. Kennedy. They do not want him to speak, yet that is the topic of this hearing. They have kept him from speaking, a collusion between the government and private organizations. Mr. Kennedy, in your opening statement, you um, introduced us to this word malinformation. Can you tell us more about this made-up word, what it means, and some of the uh, things that you've tr said or tried to say that you've been censored for that's been characterized as malinformation? Let me interject real quick here, because Massey asked him that question, and then RFK goes... On an aside here, he said, because he has a prepared statement, and you'll see he says, I have a prepared statement, but what I'm going to go off on a statement. Basically, he just got accused by the uh, uh, Dem member, uh, Democrat House member, and he's responding to those accusations at the beginning of this, of okay. his testimony here. So there's, and then he goes back and answers the mail information question, but I just kind of want to give you a background give of, some of what's going on. Yeah. So let's go back to uh, RFK Jr. Yes, Congressman Assey, and if, if, it, if by your leave, I'd like to just respond Please. briefly uh, to some of the, uh, what I would call, defamations that have been uh, just applied to me by the ranking member. Uh, I'm happy to talk to you about my opinions on these issues, what you, the, what you have stated and tried to associate me with uh, through guilt by association is simply inaccurate. Virtually everything, every statement that you just made about me is inaccurate. I have never advised black Americans not to receive vaccines. At one point you say I'm anti-vax and that's a bad thing. The other thing, the <laughs> other moment you point out that all my children are vaxxed. I vac I'm fully compliant with the vaccine schedule myself except for COVID. I, I, I took flu vaccines for 20 years straight I have never been anti-vax. I have never told any, I have never told the public avoid vaccination. The only thing I've asked for, and my views are constantly misrepresented so that the truth of what I believe is not, we're not allowed to have a conversation with, about that with the American people, which I believe vaccines should be tested with the same rigor as other medicines and medications. You tried to associate me a moment ago with the replacement theory, which is racist. No, I did not say you time had belongs the replacement to the theory. Gentleman I, I did my colleagues. The time here. belongs to the gentleman from I denounced that theory. It is racist, and I have never endorsed it or had any association with it. Our film on a medical point. By the medical way, Bill Buxton, Bill Buxton, who is the black CDC official, who ultimately exposed the Tuskegee experiment, tried for years and years to appeal to, to CDC to stop it for 40 years. Finally, he got relief by walking into my uncle's office in the building next door. Teddy held hearings and ended the experiment. I remember that very well. And to say that, that I, I wrote a, I created a film that encourages blacks not to get adequate medical care is just 
completely abhorrent. If the, Don't if misuse the, my it's words. It's the witness's sir. time. Do not yes, censor the witness. I'm if not the, censoring the, the witness. Yeah. I'm if not the, censoring the witness. He's still if talking. It is the, it's it's my time, and I've given it to the witness. Do not censor him. I'm if not the, censoring him. If the views that you and others have applied to me, I've attributed to me, if they were actually true, I can see why I shouldn't be able to testify here today. Those are not true. These are defamations and mal malignancies that are used to censor me, to prevent people from listening to the actual things that I'm saying. And I think, ranking member, that we should have a real conversation rather than an exchange of ad hominem attacks. And answer very quickly to your question, the term malinformation was coined to describe information that Facebook and Twitter and the other social media sites understood was true, but that the White House and other federal agencies wanted censored anyway for political reasons because it challenged official orthodoxies. I'll give you one example. There was a, I was included in a group called the Disinformation Dozen. Mm -hmm. and and Facebook and others were asked to censor us, which they did. And by the way, my heck, Aaron post, it was taken down. My whole Instagram account with 900,000 people was taken down because of that. Oh, they knew, Facebook knew that the disinformation doesn't claim it. And what they said was that disinformation doesn't came from this very shady group called the Center for Preventing Digital Hate in England that's funded by dark money that should be looked into. They claim that 65% of the vaccine misinformation on the internet was generated by those 12 people. Facebook itself said that is impossible. That is false information. We know that not to be true. And yet, when the White House asked them to censor this disinformation dozen, including me, they did it anyway when they knew it to be untrue. My time has expired, are you all right. So two things. Let's first talk about the the whole idea of censoring anybody at a hearing on censorship, government censorship specifically. So Debbie Wasserman Schultz, not a fan of the program, not a fan of her. So thankfully, she's not a fan of the program. She's a lizard person, Awful. extraordinaire. Yeah, one of the worst. Have I ever sent you the Dylan Radigan rant where he just rips her? Like, no, it's the best. Please do. Okay. Um, and I encourage everybody to go just search any video, wherever you watch your video, search Dylan Radigan, Wasserman Schultz, and watch that. It's epic. So um, just complete, you know, as Massey starts out, wow, right? Like, I mean, just like the the balls on these people, on these the women. The audacity. The balls on these women to just be, and the other one, uh, I think it was Stacey uh, Plasker was, or Prasker, Plasker, Plasker, Plasker. Um, Big who cares. Um, who was asserting the... What who RFK was really responding to in that speech right there was uh, Stacey Plasker. Plasker. I can't fucking get her name. But anyway, so just real quick on that. Like, just, I mean, shocked but not shocked. I mean, like. This is who they are. I know. It is who they are. I think I I've been saying it, like, since the show started. If you are the one clamoring for more government censorship, historically speaking, you're not going to be on the good side. That's not the side that ends up being moral high ground material how's that yeah okay um and then the whole male information part which is again 
inconvenient information, you know, the idea that information, even though it's real and technically true, we can't talk about it because that would be bad for business, basically. So here's like, listen, this is a good example of what they would consider malinformation. The normal childhood vaccine schedule, like what kids have been taking. There are absolutely cases that have caused, if not outright autism, things that are strikingly close, brain damage, brain issues. We know this because there's a special court set up for vaccine injuries to pay out, and the court has paid out money. So for somebody to say that the vaccines do not have any significant side effects is absolutely false. For me to say, no, vaccines do cause severe side effects and severe life-altering injuries in some people would be tagged as malinformation. It's 100% true. Nobody can argue with that fact. But it's inconvenient because it might encourage people not to get vaccinated. Okay. But the idea is you have to come out instead and say, well, yes, but the public health is so overwhelmingly benefited by the vaccination that these exceedingly rare side effects are outweighed by the public benefit and more lives will be saved. That's the actual argument that should be having that we should be having. Instead, it's if you point this out and say, "Well, no, some of these vaccines have caused like brain damage," and I, I believe there has been a few cases with links to autism. And it's I, I know it's a bit of a gray area, but I believe there has been at least a few that were adjudicated and said, "Yeah, it was." So at some point, you have to acknowledge the reality that it is they do. We don't know how much. We don't know how many. We like to think it's exceedingly rare, but how many? If only we had a system to set up, do we could track that? But I mean, wouldn't that be weird? Weird. I mean, imagine if we actually wanted to know the information. Imagine if really what we had was public health officials that cared more about public health than their cushy next job at Pfizer or Purdue Pharma. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't it be? And RFK has made. I mean, it's better than Purdue chicken. (laughs) RFK has made this point several times that. When Ronald Reagan signed the vaccine laws into effect, he said, well, why can't you guys just make safer vaccines? And the pharmaceutical lobbyist said vaccines are inherently unavoidable, are unavoidably unsafe. Weird. And I'm not, that's the point where I'm going, wait, what? I'm sorry. Say that again. I've been told my entire life that this was perfectly safe and you're a nut job and a kook if you even question it. Meanwhile, you're telling me that in reality, they said that. Yeah, I feel I, I can't remember the company who was who was the precursor to Pfizer. It was that company. Yeah, it was. I don't remember who it was. I can't remember who it was. Either, but anyway, it was wild that they actually said that. And now, since then, with this court being established and payouts have absolutely happened, so you know, like, hey, there are people this happens to. And I know of, like I said before, I have I have friends that have they can tell you definitively, show you pictures and videos pre-shots, post-shots of their children, and uh, it's multiple people, so I'd say children, that are noticeably cognitively different afterwards. Like, it's not impossible, but that is malinformation. You can't call it misinformation because it's factually true, but it's like the objection in Lawyer Lawyer again with Jim Carrey. Like, I object. On what grounds? It's devastating to my case. Well, now the government is is trying to, like, invoke this statute or this procedure i don't know the right way of saying this this societal norm where that objection should be should be sustained where they could say well it's devastating to our our public health campaign like oh well then don't worry about a thing you can't talk like that anymore wait what so much for standing up to power so much for speaking truth to power now it's 
go up and bend the knee. All right. And so let me play this one last video so we can see how much of a lizard person. Maybe Debbie Wasserman Schultz will shed her skin right in the middle of the video. Let me watch it again. Hold on. But let's play this. This is a back and forth a little bit. If she uh, blinks sideways, I'm leaving, just so we're clear. (laughs) uh, I think she's a Florida representative. uh, But anyway, here, let's, let's listen in. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, we respectfully requested that you rescind Mr. Kennedy's invitation to be appear here due to his repeated and very recent statements that spread dangerous anti-Semitic and anti-Asian conspiracy theories and attempted to move into executive session because House rules prohibit public testimony that degrades or defames people. His reckless rhetoric helped fuel anti-Semitic incidents, which for the record are at the highest level in the United States since 1970. They have nearly tripled in the last six years. Since you gave Mr. Kennedy a megaphone today, I want to give him a chance to correct his statements and prepare some of the harm that he's helped cause. Mr. Kennedy, you're well-educated. So yes or no, please. Are you aware that for centuries, Jews have been scapegoated and blamed for causing illnesses like Black Plague and more recently COVID? I am. Those are known as blood libel, and they are one of the worst and most disturbing parts of uh, human history. Good. I'm glad to know that, of course, that you, that you acknowledge that. Of course, it's true and well-documented that this pernicious form of anti-Semitism led to centuries of discrimination, even horrific pogroms and massacres, and it still fuels deadly violence today. Yet last week, you floated a baseless conspiracy theory that the coronavirus was bioengineered to target Caucasians and black people, but to spare Ashkenazi Jews and Chinese people. Mr. Kennedy, your bizarre, unproven claim echoes that same historic slander of labeling Jews and Chinese people as a race, and that Jews, and in this case Chinese people, somehow managed to avoid a deadly illness that targets other groups for death. You do see that, yes or no? You're misstating. No, 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 no. Uh, you I, are... quoted, I quoted what you said earlier, and it, it is directly what you said. So just ask me, uh, yes no, or no. I was, I was describing... An NIH-funded study. No, 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 you didn't cite any. I was, as, I was describing an NIH-funded study by Cleveland Clinic Reclaiming scientists. my time. Reclaiming my time. You did not you, reference. Reclaiming my time. Published in USC Mr. Medical, Chairman, which is, is one of... The time is mine. I'm reclaiming it. Please ask the witness to stop talking. You asked me right. a question. Reclaiming I, let me Allow me to answer time. my question. Mr. Chairman, I'd like about 10 Ta- seconds the back. Time, the time belongs. You are slandering me time incorrectly. To the, the time belongs time to You're saying is dishonest. Time belongs to the gentlelady from Florida. myself. Mr. Chairman, belongs to the gentlelady from Florida. I'd like 15 seconds back. We will be happy to give you that. Thank you so much. You did not cite any study like you are citing here now during that conversation. You referenced no study at all. You simply labeled Jews and Chinese people as a race, and you also said that somehow they managed to avoid a deadly illness that targets other groups for death. You don't see that. You're trying to rewrite history here. Mr. Chairman, I have unanimous consent request. The gentleman from Kentucky is recognized for UC. I ask unanimous consent to introduce into the record a study that Mr. Kennedy just referenced, uh, new insights into genetic susceptibility of COVID-19. The main body said that they investigated genetic susceptibility to COVID-19 by examining DNA polymorphism in ACE2 and TMPRSS2. Those are receptors for COVID in 81,000 human genomes, and they found unique genetic susceptibility across different populations. I have another uh, document that I'd like to ask unanimous consent. Without objection. To submit, and this is uh, from the FDA, FDA Review of Efficacy and Safety of Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 Vaccine. This is dated December 10th, 2020. 
And it shows that the uh, Pfizer trial and the USDA broke down the effectiveness of the vaccine into seven different racial categories because this was also a concern of theirs. And it would frankly be delinquent not to study the, uh, the effects across the different But Mr. Kennedy. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, we respectfully requested that you respond. All right. So if I was really good at videography, I would have done that uh, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, down, 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 and like the gangster thing where he would have, the glasses would have come down over Thomas Massey's face. and then. You or know, you could have gone with the Curb Your Enthusiasm ending, like where the, the music just hits at the end. Are you familiar with that one? No. I'll send you one. Either way. But people will probably understand if they were doing yeah. that thing. But anyway, Massey coming to the, the rescue, if you will. Just dropping, mic dropping, the entering the study in after, uh, you know, Debbie Lizard Schultz's I mean, rant of listen, incoherent like it's so nonsense. Disin- it's so disingenuous of her to say it that way. Because, yes, in a casual conversation, not under oath, when asked about it, he said, yeah, like in, in the one case where COVID was just recently shown that it actually affected certain, uh, I think he said certain Jewish populations and, and Chinese people, and like that, there's... It's it just wasn't there, and I, my fear is that could be applied to bioweapons in the future. So if if that's if that's a thing, that could be very troubling, and we need to get together and prevent this. And for and then she asked, but he's like, I was I was referencing a study. I was citing a study. So you didn't cite anything. He's like, I was referencing a study. So you didn't reference the study. Like, it's a casual conversation at a cocktail hour, and I'm not an asshole. Of course, like, if you look at the NIH study, <laughs> Cleveland Clinic at all, version 3.245, everybody, everybody I'm talking to immediately goes, oh, this prick. So, yeah, no, I'm sorry, he didn't, he didn't specifically, but obviously he was talking about, and this is where Thomas Massey stepping up and being like, hey, here's the study. Should have been the most embarrassing moment in Debbie Wasserman Schultz's history. You know, except for that whole getting caught red-handed, stealing the nomination for the party away from Bernie Sanders and handing it to Hillary Clinton. But so second most embarrassing. And yet this woman continues to get reelected whenever she runs and is a lizard person. Lizard person. There we go. Saying it nicely. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, after less than one full sentence you can just tell she's a terrible human being right like she's full of shit she's not good she has like everybody anybody who watched that with any kind of open mind is like she is off her rocker and this dude is getting dragged through the mud because she's off her rocker so she can't win the debate no so she needs to misrepresent and then take this indignant position of how dare you sir i she asks him a question he tries to answer so i'm reclaiming my time this is my time sir like well then don't ask me questions just spout off yeah yeah so this is where i can't be in front of congress because the next time she asked me a question i wouldn't answer it's just sit there she'd be like well are you refusing to answer be like well it's your time i didn't think i was allowed to talk <laughs> yeah so how much time do I have for an answer before you're going to yell at me? Yeah, that's. I hope, and the best part, and there was some other uh, uh, back and forth that really, he could, he could dig in from a Democrat position and push back and make the Democrats look like bad Democrats, which was what I think of all, like, if there's any silver lining of an RFK presidency run here um, without doesn't result in him becoming a president and being again, eventually being a good president or whatever is the fact that he should be able to at least command enough 
cover for sensible Democrats to come out of the woodwork and be like, yeah, we're, we're, you know, he's got his issues, but at least he's on the right. He's, he's sensible in most things, right? Like he's, I don't say centrist, but he's a moderate Democrat. I feel like, um, okay. People make him out as an extremist because of his vaccine positions and whatever. I don't think that does it for me, but Listen, even it should strengthen the party. Even before all this COVID stuff happened, and I went off the rails of like realizing how corrupt the system actually was. Prior to that, I took a stance on vaccines of I think anytime you inject anything in your body, there's an inherent risk that you don't know how your individual body is going to react to it. So, yes, I believe that there are some people who would have side effects from vaccines, some of which are likely significant. But I think the benefit of vaccination more than likely overwhelmingly outweighs the individual risk. So all my children got all of their vaccines. That seemed like a very reasonable stance that was not over the top. I got my kids vaccinated against everything they were supposed to get vaccinated against. And yet I still had people looking at me sideways when I said that. Of like, well, of course, it's likely. Like, listen, some people can't eat freaking tomatoes, right? right? And you're like, we're injecting things into our bloodstream. Of course there's a risk, like inevitably. And it was people like, all right, I guess, but come on. Like, no, I mean, listen, some people definitely have bad reactions. And then you find out like, that I watched in, in real time the COVID vaccine trials and how they got that approved for six-month-old children. And I'm going, oh, my God, it's so much worse than I thought. And mine wasn't, well, thank God they didn't do that back in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Mine looked back and went, oh, my God, how long has it been this corrupt? Right. How long has it been? And now you hear these things like unavoidably unsafe and the court is warding all this money and they somehow convinced the United States government through the FDA to recommend a hep B vaccine. You know how hard it is to get hepatitis B? Roll around on needles? I, or have an well, overwhelming amount of right. unprotected, let's go with activity yeah. of a certain kind involving one gender. So that's like, and we're, we need to get our kids vaccinated against that. Like, this is where you start to add up more questions of like, wait a minute, how did we get to 73 recommended vaccines for these children? And now I go in and I've had to do some research into this about the, um, the HPV vaccine because my kids are getting to be that age. So I was like, all right, well, I better look into this because I don't trust any of these mother anymore. Looking into it, looking into it, looking into it, like, oh my God, there's like 125 strains of this. This protects against four. And even then, they're not sure how well. And they're like, oh, it looks like it might also prevent long-term stuff. Like, but you haven't tested it that long. You have no idea what the long-term consequences are. Like, yeah. Like, okay. And then hearing my children's doctor be like, well, you know, they're also starting to show that it has some positive effects. It's like, let me just stop you. We're going to pass. Thank you. But we're going to pass. She's like, oh, okay. No problem. To her credit, she didn't fight me on or anything else. She just said, okay, awesome. Thank you. But I'm looking at her like you are regurgitating these things that are so blatantly untrue. And you've just been taught them. And now you've memorized it and you're repeating it back to me. And I'm not going to argue with you, but I know this is incorrect. I know the information you're telling me is wrong. I don't know how beneficial they actually are. And I don't know what the risks are. But the same thing with the COVID vaccine that I'm going to say about this is if you're trying to sell me on something with lies, my instinct is not to assume you have my best interest at heart. My instinct is to say, why are you lying to me? I am going to pass. Yeah. And just to piggyback on your like bad advice from doctors, uh, or maybe it's a eyes open on my end as opposed or recognizing that the potential of bad advice from doctors is probably better said, but 
and I think I've said this story on the on, on the show before, but I don't know, a year ago I went in for a physical. I hadn't gone for a physical and whatever would checklist a bunch of things. Hey, did you ever have this in the last whatever years? One of them was whooping cough, so that was the only thing on my list. I gave it back, and she's like, oh, it says you had whooping cough. This was like 2000, 2000 maybe. <clears throat> this was last year, and I haven't had whooping cough since 2000, but I had whooping cough in 2000. Um, misdiagnosed, by the way, for like nine months as like Fun. asthma. Yeah. They're like, you have asthma. I'm like, I don't have asthma. I throw that inhaler in the garbage. But anyway, my point of this story was when I go to this physical, I mentioned that I had whooping cough. And she immediately was like, oh, do you want to get the pertussis vaccine? And I'm like, no, I just had pertussis. <laughs> I'm good. So, But I never even, uh, I, I probably wouldn't have ever even put those things together without just opening my eyes right Living like just being like right time. right yes. just being like aware of what happened and being like you know what i should be i should know more about these things than i did and now i do i feel like and this is a just a shining example of a the just following orders kind of regiment of patient care right like oh they they said this so flow chart subscribe prescribe something right like i mean everything is just a hey they said this prescribe whatever and my awareness about my treatment and being like i should know what i you know i should know more about what i'm doing to my yes. my body so um both that's, those things were in that's been the weirdest part about these last three years it's made me ask so many more questions and before i just went along and was like all right yeah, yeah food pyramid blah blah yeah, blah do this do this yeah. and then now i look back and my pediatrician as a kid was a doctor was very healthy he was in excellent physical shape took care of himself every doctor i have had since then and i'm not like a small guy or a skinny guy i'm not in like peak physical condition i'm okay i'm in better shape than every one of them and i'm going why am I listening to you exactly? Why am I listening to Dr. Peter Hotez? <laughs> like, what am I doing here? Like, uh, I get you got knowledge I don't have. And if I get sick, I'm going to need that knowledge. But as a healthy person, and you're telling me how to stay healthy, I'm going to look at you and look at me and be like, I think I'm winning. Yeah. I, I did. I will piggybacking on my, uh, I, she did give me, not a, I wouldn't say like a, a rolling of the eyes or like a, 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 a side eye, but she was definitely interested in my taking up fasting too. Cause I've been doing that for yeah. like five, six years. Yeah, and she was asking me questions about that, whatever. So, um, it was a weird, like I said, I hadn't been the doc to my benefit. I hadn't been the doctors in decades other than when I had whooping cough. Um, and so my lack of urgency for my well being apparently, uh, has, uh, led to my well being. Because I haven't been to the doctor. Like I said, other than that one thing, I hadn't been to the doctor in decades. So, and here I am. Pillar of health. There anyway. you are. Yeah. All right. We covered a lot. Are they all connected or no? COVID, New York Times story. FTX. FTX Island. Yep. Superhumans. Superhumans. Biden, Devin, Devin, Archer, Devin Archer. You don't understand how much fun I'm going to have with it when it comes out with what color they were going to make the superhumans. Cornell West and Biden and uh, the censorship. I feel like there, there's there's threads uh, of the decay of our country and all of those. Let's just say that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Other than the tornado hitting the Pfizer plant. That was the only good news of the week. See, so. we had some uplifting news. <laughs> and the Camillus Wildcats. And, and the Wildcats' second place finish, obviously. All right. Well, again, congratulations to the Wildcats. Anything else you'd like to leave the folks with here before uh, we uh, meet again and adjourn here next Monday? 
touch grass, take touch. care of each other, be good to your neighbors, get some, get some community time. Touch, gra- touch grass is the best advice. Get in nature. You're going to be happier. Yeah. On that note, we thank you all again for tuning in. We will see you all again next Monday for episode 141 of Sports Clicks and Politics.